Pleasure to have with us again Dick Bramer, the Twins Wrap, brought to you by Jefferson Lions. Derek Hansen with you. And uh, Dick Bramer, the television voice of the Twins. I just got to say, this is like uh, old Greek mythology, Sisyphus, right? Just when you think that they're rolling the <laughs> the rock up the hill, it just rolls right back down again. And that's kind of what the Twin season's been like so far. Well, he is, the injuries have been uh, numerous, uh, been discussed ad nauseum. Uh, but at, at some point, you got to, you know, you just got to, find a way to play better baseball and it's and it's hard because you in the instance of the game last night there were five guys in the lineup who weren't on the roster when Seattle came to Minnesota and played two months ago so you know that's the team that was projected to do so well uh maybe win a third straight division title that's not the team they have on the field so uh the pitching has been you know pretty awful frankly with a team ERA of almost five going into the, the game last night. Uh, so, uh, yeah, like you, you hope that internally they find a way to, to recover, if not for this season, but to get, you know, have everybody have a good taste in their mouths going forward to next season. I think uh, if, if you want to find a silver lining, and it's tough to find one, the fact that Kenta Maeda got out there and you know throwing 76 pitchers and, pitches and looked okay, I mean, they're just going to need him to just – keep waiting in the water to get through the season, right? To eat up some innings. Otherwise it's going to be even longer and hopefully he can be- get back to even three quarters of what he was last year. Right. Well, I mean, he was the twins best pitcher last year and he's not been reliable to say the least. Barrios has been pretty good. Came up with one of his better starts. I thought Saturday uh, in beating the Astros, uh, that's a really good lineup. And if you can beat them and go seven innings, uh, you're on top of your game. But behind him, you know, Maeda's been um, ineffective, unreliable, and hurt. And now Pineda has kind of followed the same track. Uh, Matt Shoemaker has been relegated to bullpen duty and hasn't been very good at all. Jay Happ has had some good ones and some bad ones. But, he, you know, that's kind of what you expect for your numbers four and five starters. You know, they're going to be really good sometimes, not so good others. That's why they're, you know, the back end of the rotation guys. So uh, the bullpen's been given a lot of blame for where the twins are at, and that's uh, well-deserved, but the starters have shared in it as well. Yeah, it's funny you say that because, as you mentioned, the bullpen, it's had some awful moments, there's no doubt. But I think people, it's easier for them to focus on one thing and ignore some other stuff, and I think that pretty much is a synopsis here of this season where we focus so much on the bullpen. We're kind of looking at ignoring some of the other warts that this team has had all season long. Right. Well, even the starters, when they've had a good start, my eight start was okay, but he only went four innings. He was coming off the injured list. So, so you make an allowance for that, but you know, the starters inability to do what Barrios did so well on Saturday. And that is give the twins, on a regular basis, six, and in the case of Saturday, seven innings, that makes a huge difference. Then you can pick and choose guys that you want to get the last six outs uh, rather than you know having to go to your bullpen in the fifth inning. Uh, Luke Farrell last night was has been really good, but he gave up gave up just one run going into the outing, and he gave up two. Well, it was the fifth inning. You know, you'd like to not go to your relievers until the sixth or seventh inning, and uh, you know it's it's. Uh, it's a pitching staff and they, they, when one does something poorly, it impacts the others, whether it's the relievers struggling and then it has an impact on the starters or the other way around. 
A couple things here. Um, uh, Got a text message in. If you want to text uh, Dick a question, you can at 35270. Just want to give uh, Dick this message. Huge fan. Really enjoy your broadcast. You can just tell he's a heck of a good guy. Well, I can agree with that, Dick. You are a good guy. but (laughs) So I'm sure that's always nice to hear because, you know, you really are a part of people's lives uh, so much throughout the summer. Well, and I am, am honored to be able to do what I've done for so long now. And I grew up in this region, as you know, and so I, I, I know the impact of you know a baseball announcer and, and the daily lives of people, whether they're uh, little kids, uh, you know, farmers, secretaries, whatever, somebody who's retired. Uh, so it's 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 an awesome job. It's an awesome honor to be able to do what I do and. Uh, uh, one of the great blessings is uh, you know my ability to interact with fans. That's the best part of the job. I just told my wife I went to a store today uh, to take care of some business, and I had five or six Twins fans who came up and, and were very uh, nice and complimentary. And, and regardless of how poor the team, uh, poorly the team is playing, uh, just to, to feel the, the mutual love that I get to experience from Twins fans is, is really a boost. Well, I've always said that, and I'm sure it's almost a surreal feeling that in the fact that, you know, a lot of players come and go, managers come and go, right? General managers come and go, but for guys like you who have been at it for decades now and Herb Carneal and John Gordon, I mean, you're kind of the constant, and I'm sure you don't take that for granted. No, I don't. I uh, and, and as we've discussed uh, on the earlier shows, to be able to do it is one thing, but be able to do it in your own backyard as I've been able to do. I've I've really been extraordinarily blessed. Yeah, for sure. And again, so much of this is I, I I apologize, I haven't done this the last couple of weeks, but with Father's Day coming up, there's not a better Father's Day gift out there than your book Game Use My Life in Stitches with the Minnesota Twins. And I'm sure people could still get that at bookstores locally if you want to pick it up for your dad. Yeah, I uh it was a fun process to write it. Uh the second edition came out. Uh, in in uh, uh, soft cover uh, form that included the 2020 season. The hardcover obviously did not, but uh, the both uh, copies are still available. And and uh, I, I uh, am honored that uh, now that fans are allowed in the ballpark, a lot of fans are bringing the copies of the book to the press box store, and they want me to sign it, and I'm more than happy to do that. Also, Chuck and Art, and T- are they're taking care of you, right? <laughs> they're always good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the, the, the uh, media people are so good at uh, helping that. Uh, so many fans out with that many times, that's for sure. Uh, Dick Bramer with us again. Game U is My Life in Stitches with the Minnesota Twins is the book, and it's a great book. I really highly recommend it for the uh, for Father's Day's gift out there for so many of the fathers, grandfathers, you name it. It's a great book for that if you're a Twins fan. Let's uh, get back to what's going on on the field a little bit. It is interesting, and I guess I will never, ever, it's never going to get old for me to see a young man get his first hit, his first home run, whatever. And Celestino last night, that was quite a moment. That was kind of cool for him. I hope he got the ball. I'm not sure if he did, but that was – I don't even know if he really understood. Hey, I, I hit it right around the fall pole there. <laughs> well, especially given uh, his circumstances, as we remember, uh, in his, what, second major league game, he committed a couple of errors that cost the Twins a ball game. And to, to stay at it, have the right attitude, understand that uh, in any sport, but particularly baseball, when the games are stacked up, you know, day after day after day, you, you, you've got to be able to flush 
uh, bad things out of your brain and good things out of your brain and just to treat every day, every game as if it's a, a brand new experience. I was really happy for the young man. We're able to go down on the field now for home games. And so I was uh, able to introduce myself to him and, uh, you know, just seems like a really nice young man and, and a big moment for him. And, and, you know, would have been nice, of course, if the Twins had won the ball game because then maybe his home run would have been the deciding run. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's kind of interesting now. We all think that Kirilov might act, you know, eventually end up at first base and, you know, maybe Snow becomes the DH when it's all said and done. But, you know, to see him and then Larnick and Kirilov out there, boy, that is – you can see a nice future. Those kids can play and they can hit the ball. Well, what I appreciate – I mean, that's my impression, but as we've said uh, on your radio show and on the air, the only thing uh, I know about hitting is I couldn't do it. But when I hear the Roy Smalley's of the world, the Justin Morneau's, Tim Laudner's, when they rave about their approach having just over 100 at-bats and how Kirilov's home run last night went to center field, Larnick's double last night, uh, both of those hits against a left-handed pitcher went to center field. When, when you when you see that, and then you see, frankly, twins hitters who have much more experience still struggling with that, well, then it makes you believe that the, that the development, the promotion and development and production the Twins are getting from Kirilov and Larnick might be the, the thickest silver lining in this disappointing season. Do you get the sense that the tide is turning a little bit on this go for broke or strike out type of thing in, in, in those regards, do you think? Are you seeing that a little bit more with some of the teams that the Twins are facing? Maybe even the Twins will try to adjust that mindset a little bit? Well, I've heard that there are organizations, and I don't know that the Twins are among them yet, but there are organizations out there who, in their minor leagues, are de-emphasizing launch angle and exit velocity and trying to simplify things for these young hitters, at least, trying to say, hey, just hit the ball hard someplace, and good things will happen. Now, today, you know, Major League Baseball came down with its uh, enforcement regulations on the uh, – pine tar, sticky substances out on the mound. And I think that'll help the hitting as well. I, I think hitters will have a better chance. I think we've already seen it uh, since the crackdown has been threatened. But, uh, you know, I think we'll see batting averages climb and maybe within that a better approach, we, we have hopefully are coming out of an era where hitters seem disappointed when they got a single, you know, I mean, because <laughs> they didn't hit the ball over the fence. and and hopefully. Well, look at you know what we've seen from the Twins recently, a run of solo home runs. Well, they hit four of them on Friday and lost. They hit two of them last night and lost. Maybe the answer isn't just hitting the ball over the fence. Maybe let's try to congest the bases a little bit and then see if we can pop one over the fence. Yeah, because I think that's you know what can happen so many when you, when you talk about analytics and stats and all that. You know, the one thing that you don't always talk about with that is one of the most important stats out there is wins, right? And <laughs> does it help you win? And I think that's right. what it has to come down to more than anything is, yeah, as far as batting average and slugging percent, you can throw all those numbers out there. But the bottom line is the idea is to win, get to the postseason, and win the World Series. The fact of the matter is the Twins got a first inning run, and Miguel Sano was up there with a chance to pretty much break the game open early in the first inning. Yes. Bases loaded and two down. And he struck out like he had never seen a curveball before. And, and you know, it, it's frustrating, I know, for the fans. It's frustrating for me, but it really frustrates the, the hitters that I get to work with on the air because, they you know, they became 
great hitters and had long careers because they understood that the pitcher isn't going to make, he's going to try the very hardest he can not to make mistakes when there are men on base. And so there was no way that Miguel Sano in that at bat was going to get a fastball for a strike. Wasn't going to happen. He's been at it long enough where he should realize that going in and anything that's within the strike zone is probably going to be an off-speed pitch. Yeah, for sure. I, I did kind of bury the lead of the news of the day today in baseball and the fact, but you know, I want to talk about the uh, game last night right away when we kick things off with you. But uh, pitchers will be ejected and suspended for 10 games for using illegal foreign substances to Dr. Baseballs in a crackdown. That's going to start uh, by this weekend, which I th- think is kind of funny. Well, we aren't going to do anything until this weekend or next Monday, I should say. So uh, it's kind of odd how these things go, but uh, that's when they're going to start enforcing it, I guess. Yeah, and there are a couple of uh, components of the enforcement that I found curious. You're right. Uh, pitchers can be suspended uh, for 10 days, but with pay. But, and, and this is the, the most serious complication or consequence of having a pitcher on your team uh, caught with the stuff on the mound. The team cannot replace that player. Ooh. So it's not like an injury. And so there will be internal pressure from all 30 teams. I would hope that you you can't send somebody out on the mound who's going to be doing that because if you do send him out, you're a man short for the next week and a half. And maybe that's a, a stiffer penalty and, and will police this a little more effectively than if the player was suspended for 10 days without pay. They probably weren't able to get that by the Players Association. Sure, I suspect that's the case. But if the team has to play a man short, if, if a pitcher is caught with the stuff, whether it's a reliever or a starter, that's a pretty serious penalty for, for a, 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 a team to have to withstand until they can get that player, that pitcher back. Especially if you have a manager who likes to use his bullpen and use, you know, with 26 men on the roster, and yep, maybe some teams have 13 pitchers. That that could really make a difference, especially if you're not going to have your starter go very long. Well, uh, right now the Twins aren't in contention for anything, but there are teams that are in contention. And you just pick a team and pick a frontline pitcher on that team, and if they get caught, that team will be without that critical component to their success for a week and a half. Can't call somebody up from AAA. You just have to do without. Wow. And to me, that's the most significant penalty. And the onus is on the teams now to police things. Uh, They also have another component in there, and that is anyone found aiding, abetting a pitcher from, from obtaining a substance like that can be put on uh, baseball's permanent ineligible list, which will clean things up even further in the clubhouse. Well, that's going to be interesting. As you mentioned, it'll be uh, very interesting to see if the offense picks up the rest of 2021 with that. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how that that plays out. Well, in a few hours here, another late night for you, but uh, always enjoy it and certainly enjoy talking to you each and every Tuesday here on the Twins Wrap, Dick. We'll do it again very, very soon. We got it next Tuesday.